Greetings, true believers, and welcome once again to the newest episode of the Pull List Podcast, your bi-weekly source for comic book discussion, appreciation, adoration, and over-budget spending. Uh, I I am your host for the day, uh, Hector Mirai, uh, filling in lead hosting as Chris Poirier is off somewhere in the bowels of deep Georgia, being a video game mogul. And uh, joining with me today is... The always impressive mosaic fan art wielding Todd Turner. Hello, Hector. Yes, my budget is painful sometimes. I've just uh, honestly started looking at my comics book, comic book budget as I'm supporting local business and this is quality of life, and I'm not even going to look at what it actually, you know, is doing. And I, <laughs> I can say I'm just really grateful when a book ends. And I'm like, oh, I know. Like, you thank the Lord, like I can legit stop buying that one book. Um, yeah, but then that means the problem is that I've already added two in preparation for the one ending. Yeah, oh. I don't even, I don't, I don't even do that. And like, what's what I'm really bad about is if I've already crossed that line of, um, oh yeah, you got to keep taking it even though it's terrible. If, yep. if it's a six issue series and I've made Jurassic it to issue League. three, yes, <laughs> I know it. If I if I've made it to issue three and it's six issues, but it's terrible, I have to finish it. Yeah, uh, too bad. Uh, Tom King's Killing Time. Oh yeah, well, that boy, boy, it's howdy. Heavy. That <laughs> I'm was, sorry. That was a that was a steaming floater, man. And um, so glad I didn't start collecting that. Um, I gave it the whole thing away. For, I had a free stuff day recently at my household, and I gave the entire uh, thing away. Oh, and, um, I gave away a I, bunch of comics, but I, I, yeah, that's, you're so sweet. I, I keep everything. <laughs> I can't, I can't, man. Like I'm legitimately, uh, I've, I, I just got this new black Adam figure and I'm giving away two wonder woman figures just to make room. Um, oh, well, that's they're, nice. really, they're really cool. Like Mohawk wonder woman and the chainsaw wonder woman, but it's all good. Um, the chainsaw wonder woman from, uh, death metal. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Uh, so the one I want the most, I don't know if they've made, is the Wonder Woman from Dead Earth, man. Oh man, that yes, with with, uh, with Superman's spine, <laughs> yeah, with, weave through Superman's spine. Heck yeah, I, I want that. Go. I want no that. kidding. Um, but you know, I don't think they've made that. But yeah, I, I just give stuff away. But anyway, we're here to talk about comics. Um, so that was a long intro, and I'm sure the all powerful radio Matt will make it look pretty but uh strap yourselves in for <laughs> neon glow <laughs> as chris would say we've got comic sign 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 better put the word out can't wait for the nerd out better put specs on better bring next on i call handsome checks for my expansion sets they call me obi-wan act like you know me son um, so, uh, Todd, uh, any big news that's really jumped off at you for comic-ish stuff lately? Or? Well, uh, the one thing that I saw that I, I'm mildly excited for, a little bit nervous about, is that it, next year Hickman is doing a new series and they're just calling it they're they're hinting that it's like Marvel's Sandman type thing. So yeah, I just saw that um just this week. I guess they're 
they're doing a whole lot of stuff with D23 and all that kind of garbage and stuff. And they talking about, they, they're talking about some new comic books that they've got coming out. Um, of course they're starting fantastic four over They've got a new, uh, um, creative group for that. They're doing a Submariner there. Of course, all these tie-ins for all the movies that are coming out, you know? And, um, but I saw that and I was like, Oh, I, and that's all they said. They didn't give a hint of like what he's, you know, what characters he's dealing with or what it's going to be. And I don't know. It makes me nervous. Listen, after all of the X-Men stuff, uh, I don't trust anyone with anything. Oh, I dropped the X-Men's <laughs> after house of X and powers of X. Um, uh, I just can't yeah. follow them, but a lot of people love them. Do they? Do you know people that personally love them? I too. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a lot? That's I don't lot, know. Man. That's terrible. Uh, I, I've there's a couple hit and miss X thing, and I love the concept of Marauders, but it just kind of started dragging after a while. But I love Kitty Pride. I think Joss right. Whedon's X Men. Really, oh, astonishing X Men, fantastic. Yeah, I yes. think he he made me a diehard Kitty Pride fan with that book alone. Um, oh, when they find Colossus down there in the basement, and so he great. just runs through her, and she's like, <laughs> "Yes, I loved it. That's such a great book." Um, so that's all. Other than video, other than trailers for upcoming stuff, and you know, TV shows that are ongoing. That's all I got. Um, I, I saw that there was a about to be a McFarlane Capullo. Batman Spawn book. You know, do you like those type of things? Depending on the characters, but I mean, they, they ultimately never amount to anything because they're just like, like a what if type. There'll be 9,000 covers of issue one. I'm telling you right now, 9,000. You guys got me so excited because I didn't know that there was going to be a Frank Miller, fantastic four cover for issue one of the new fantastic four run until I heard it on the pull list. And I went to my uh, local comic book shop and I said, I want that book. And they said, well, too bad. Cause it's a one in 400. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Then <laughs> the no, Frank but you, might be cover. Able to, you might be able to find it among like bigger shops though. Hey, yeah, um, I don't know. None of my shops buy 400 copies of fantastic four issue. <laughs> I doubt it'll happen. You know who you could get though. You could oh, go, to Mid- like, you could go to Midtown. Midtown. I know. Which, by the yeah. way, I'm going to Midtown Comics in two, three, two and a half weeks. Oh, cool. Never been there. Oh, I've been. Uh, I went to. Uh, so I failed at New Yorking because um, I went one time to New York City uh, for a ministry meeting. Like they wanted us to send college students up there to do summer ministry. And they so they flew us up to New York, uh, got us there. We sat through. 12 hours of meetings uh they let us do a little quick tour of the city and then we were literally back on a plane to go home Um, that was it it. and they said all right everybody pick one thing you want to do and everybody else he knows like oh Times square oh statue of liberty and i'm like empire state building midtown comics and that was all I did. (laughs) i didn't get pizza i didn't get a bagel i didn't like get to go there though yeah 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 awesome Um, good for you I did that and I was like, oh, I should have went to 30 Rock. I should have done yeah. like so many other things. Uh, you got to have priorities. So, but yeah, I was like, I just wanted to get something physical from Midtown Comics. But um, I'm yeah. going back there in two weeks to uh, see Almost Famous, the Broadway musical. Oh, um, I saw. Yes. I saw yes. you post that on Faith and Fandom. 
Yeah, yeah dude. Uh, <laughs> that was that was you know I have turned down every voluntary voluntary trip to New York just because it seems like hassle. And like I saw that I could go to opening day, and I'm like, nope. Watcha. Um, opening but, day of the musical. Okay, because when people say opening day, I think baseball. But yeah, or yeah, but okay, that's awesome. Yeah, Good so deal. I'm gonna get, have you have a blast. Yeah, I will. Take one of your kids. No, nobody cares like I care about that. about nobody. No, it's like that's the thing. Asking anybody else to spend Broadway money, Broadway airfare, just to watch a play that they don't really care about. Nah, um, it's like, and I don't know of many other humans that are that passionate about that movie. Um, gotcha. But I spent, I've got a painting in my living room from one of my favorite artists named John Harrison, uh, of almost famous. And, uh, that painting costs more than the Broadway show. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> there you go. There Again, go. our we're comic book budgets, comic book budgets. Um, so yeah, there's, there's not a lot of news just other than, uh, so some books Batman and, and spawn. spawn because I mean, realistically, who has any question about how that turns out, but whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I don't think anybody's hey, like, I bought every Batman work? teenage mutant Ninja turtle crossover. So, and Batman judge dread. So those were fun. And, uh, even that weird Batman Elmer Fudd one was like, what? yeah, I don't know that. That's terrible. Oh, did you not? Were they hunting wabbit the whole time. <laughs> yeah, dude. No. Um, well, Warner Brothers. Well, it was part of Tom King's uh, like mid run. Like they were doing this whole uh, Looney Tunes crossover, and they had a thing where uh, Batman and Elmer Fudd teamed up. But there was also a thing where like, uh, like they, the Coyote and the Joker. Well, they, no. they did. Oh no, dude! That's... They did. They did about everybody. Like every oh, random, gosh. like a uh, Foghorn Leghorn and somebody. It was just like it was. A I'll thing. say. I'll say. I'll say. Yee. <laughs> Uh, so that's, there you go. They did. People didn't know they were going to get uh, Looney Tunes. Uh, no impressions. So, so this is. <laughs> we just enjoy talking to each other. Sorry, everybody. I know it. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey everyone, I'm Radio Matt, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing something old and new, Strong Bad Emails. It was 2002. I was a young, immature junior in high school when my choir instructor introduced me to Strong Bad Emails, specifically the email entitled Techno. It was a strange online flash cartoon of a luchador wrestler checking his email and then replying to it in a humorous and PG-esque mildly offensive way. I was hooked. By this time, they were coming up on their 50th email cartoon. This series was one of many, and by far the most popular, ones on the website HomestarRunner.com. The main cast of characters in the Homestar Runner universe was small, and the whole series was born out of a college project when two students had to create a children's book. The site was run by the brothers Chaps, Mike and Matt Chapman, with the latter doing nearly all the voice work for the various cartoons as well. Originally starting with short and long-form cartoons focused on the titular hero, Homestar, the standard villain of the piece, Strong Bad, quickly became a fan 
favorite. Strong Bad emails were delivered roughly every week or two from August 2001 up through November 2004. After that, it became an every few weeks to once a month schedule up through October of 2009, when the series came to a halt after email number 205. Episode 206 randomly appeared in April of 2015. Since then, there have only been three new episodes, with the most recent one, a 10-minute long one focused on parenting with a hilarious spoof on classes that have you care for a sack of flour, releasing April 1st of this year. What makes this show unique to this day is the fact that every episode starts with and is inspired by an actual email, and most recently an actual tweet, sent to Strongbad. With the death of Flash a few years ago, the brothers chaps have made great strides to get all of their cartoons up on YouTube. The ones that haven't migrated over yet can still be viewed on HomestarRunner.com with the help of a Flash emulator built into the site itself, though it's not always perfect. Perhaps the most recognizable piece of pop culture to come from this cartoon is the fearsome dragon, Trogdor the Burninator, which has gone on to become a very popular tabletop game. LTN even got up close with the Chapman brothers at the most recent Gen Con event. It's possible Strong Bad and Homestar are quirky humor tailored for millennials, but I have hope that even today there are high schoolers in need of a wholesome off-the-wall chuckle like I was who will appreciate the genius of the cheat. Tape Leg, The Dumple, Senior Card Gauge, Teen Girl Squad, Limousine, and Asking Me for a Challenge! That's the review. And remember, when life throws pies at you, make yourself a tall, cool glass of pie-monade. Nerds of the world unite! Join us for LTN Con in New Albany, Indiana, this October 14th, 15th, and 16th. For all the details, including our amazing speakers, tournaments, and breakouts, visit ltncon.info right now. LTN Con in New Albany, Indiana. Register now at ltncon.info. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Fourier and Hector Mira. Uh, but so l- let's talk about our pulls. Like, let's talk about the awesome. stuff that uh, you actually enjoyed this week. So uh, let you, I'll let you start off. Like, uh, let's get, get your uh, pulls for the week. Okay. Well, um, I hate to admit it, but uh, you picked the best DC book that came out. I struggled. I, I usually try to, when I do comics, I usually try to pick one Marvel, one DC, one independent, a number one in my book of the week. And um, I'm sorry, but I had to leave my DC books out this, this week. Um, I, I did get the dark crisis wonder woman tie in, which the wonder woman story wasn't that good, but the Martian manhunter mini at the back written by Dan waters, the same guy who did homesick pilots and that creepy Batman, uh, adjacent book about the tin eyed guy. Oh yeah. Arkham order, whatever. So he, he writes a little, uh, Martian manhunter. That was good, but we're, we're just gonna, I'm not even going to mention it. So, um, this book came out last week and it's from image comics. It's the dead lucky. So I don't know if many people know, but you guys are pretty familiar with radiant red and radiant black. Yeah. I know you guys talked, uh, talked up pretty good, but, so they have their own 
within image called the massive verse, which is like their own universe of superheroes and villains that are intermixed. So radiant black is included in that rogue sun, which is another great book. And matter of fact, the first trade of that came out. I, anybody should read that. It's really good, really good. And then they just, uh, created dead lucky, which is the, um, this is issue two just came out. The Dead Lucky is pretty cool. It's um, it's about this uh, girl who comes back from a war, and um, she has severe PTSD. She's lost people that are very close to her. She keeps her dog tags, and she rubs her dog tags. But at the end of issue one, you realize that um, she has some type of an al- power that she, two of the people she lost is with her like, like electric ghosts. They're like ghosts, but they're like electric or whatever. And it powers through her. Um, her character, interestingly enough, is connected to Chinatown in San Francisco. And she is, her family is Chinese, American, Chinese, Mexican, Mexican, Chinese, American. So, um, it's really pretty cool. So they run a restaurant. That's like a fusion restaurant that mixes. I was about to talk about that. Go ahead. Yeah, Chinese Mexican American food, and that's the restaurant that they run. And she helps in this restaurant. What's it called? I don't know what it's called. The restaurant. I have to look. I have to look it up. Okay, so just just on that. Go ahead. My my favorite, one of my favorite restaurants in the world is a place in Richmond, Virginia, called Wong Gonzalez. <laughs> I've heard you talk about that. And so, like you're saying this, and I'm like Wong Gonzalez. The cool but, yeah. thing, Hector. I don't know. I have to look up. Find out what the name of it is. No, the no neat problem. thing. The neat thing about this is, is that her character, when she becomes this character, when this like these powers take over, her mask looks like a uh, Day of the Dead mask, and somehow she is combined with this. Uh, the uh, used to be her ex. It's, it is her ex, her ex boyfriend or whatever, has created like this um, robot suit. So like, um, like a uh, you know like like one of the, like a Jaeger type deal type thing. So she Um, gets inside this suit and her people that are with her through the electric, whatever they talk to her through this suit. So not only is it like a, it's really cool because it is a fusion of Mexican, uh, her Mexican hair, her Mexican heritage with the day of the day and the like robot fighting robots, fighting monsters, which is an Asian culture. Uh, inter- you know, it's really cool and I'm uh, really enjoying the book. Um, do you, do you have it with you? I do. Mm-hmm. Can you hold up a copy of it just so people can see the dead, dead lucky. lucky. Okay. Sweet and action. it's issue two by image. I, you, I'm sure you could get a hold of issue one and issue two. The cool thing about this is in it's the not back- like image prints, a lot of issue ones or anything. Oh yeah. All bazillions. <laughs> the cool thing is, and I love this is, um, of course they do a thing about, you know, has this triggered you? Do you have PTSD? Are you an American veteran who needs help? They do all that kind of, you know, they put that in the book, but at the very back, there are two recipes from the restaurant. Shush. And I love a comic that gives rest. <laughs> yes. I'm like, Shush. dude, that's I'm awful. making this. I know. So yeah. So that would be my, that's, that's my uh, independent for the week. Okay. Um, my, uh, I don't want to, I want to talk about daredevil, but I know you're going to talk about Punisher. Go um, ahead. Do you, do you think, do you think? So 
Daredevil's on issue three. I know that Chris has been high on Daredevil. I know you guys had a little bit of, uh, you know, the Devil's Reign thing gave a, a, a sour taste in your mouth somehow. I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, but I was just, it just wasn't fresh. But go, go, go do your thing. <laughs> okay, so this is issue three of Daredevil, and Daredevil is, I he is starting to take over the fist, right? So he is trying to recruit people to help him. He um, went to uh, Officer Cole, who was prominent in the first you know, Chip Chip Sardaski's first run. And um, he also went to Luke Cage. Luke Cage goes to see the Stromwins, which were the ones that uh, I thought Kingpin killed one of them, but apparently he didn't. He just maimed them pretty darn bad. He killed somebody that was just their friend. Right, yeah. That was the bathtub thing. I remember that one. Right. So, oh yeah, that was terrible. Yeah. (laughs) That book was really good. But that but, was a masterpiece of an issue. Oh, yeah, it was. So the Stromwins uh, meet with Luke Cage about some housing issues, and they basically said, no, we you, are, you work for us. You know, we were easy on the kingpin, and Luke Cage is like, you know, busts stuff up and says, no, uh, that was the kingpin. I'm real power. And uh, so, you know, that that's that'll fade in. It basically allowed daredevil a chance to feel like he could leave new york because he feels that luke cage is going to take care of new york okay um but he is attacked by a member of the hand um a a lady who i think had some dealings with Electra in the past and she uh she also popped up in one of Electra's books recently yeah so you read this yeah oh Oh, yeah. yeah i read it Oh yeah. So, and basically she's like, uh, the fist is, is part of that. It will be part of the hand, but it's going to hurt. It's going to take some heavy losses. And, uh, we have our, we have our person, you know, our beast who is, and he's like, and then that's when she tells him that, uh, Frank Castle is running the hand and, uh, he's like, Oh no. And, <laughs> Basically, he goes and gets foggy and says, you're coming with me and you're never leaving my side because he's afraid foggy will, I guess, be killed or whatever. So, um, yeah. So and then I don't know, you talk, we'll talk about Punisher when you get to it. Uh, My not my new number one, but my my uh, book of the week that I I would say for myself is a book called Do a Powerbomb. This is issue three. And I don't know. We didn't have issue three at my shop, dude. Have, I, have you I read wanted... issues one and two? Yeah. This book is, this is right now is, is going down as probably one of my favorite of the year. Um, and again, it's Daniel Warren Johnson. I got suckered into that stupid Jurassic League thinking that he was going to write and draw everything. And guess what? Neither. He like helps write it and draws a cover. I felt like I was cheated. But anyway, this is him. He does it all, writes and draws. And Issue three, I will not spoil it, um, but if you are a fan of big time wrestling, you should be purchasing this book because it is such a glorious uh, tribute to wrestling. Heels, uh, the stars, you know, it's just amazing. And um, for those of you who don't know about the book, it is a, a young girl 
is whose mother was a, a wrestler and was killed in the ring on accident. She was accidentally killed in the ring while fighting by uh, a heel named Cobra Sun. Um, she is given, she is offered a chance to go fight in this otherworldly uh, tag team championship where the winner gets to bring somebody back from the dead. That's what we think. You know, it can't go, what can go wrong with that? But it has to be tag team. So she has to choose someone and she ends up choosing the guy who caused her mom's death in the ring. And, um, it is, listen, at the end of issue two, I was like, Oh, I almost cried reading this book. Oh no. The, the twist at the end of issue two was was just like, and there's a twist in this one too. Um, there's not, there's more than one group from earth fighting. Oh no. In this. Oh, no. And um, might be another. Yeah, I don't want. I'm not going to spoil it. It. I'm not going to spoil the the. I'm not going to spoil issue two. I, I'm just telling. This is such has such heart in it, and so much emotion in these books. And you think this is just going to be over the top, wild and crazy, and it is. But the characterization of um, the main the the heel, who isn't who you think he is, isn't what he, you think he is, and the the daughter, who's going to fight this to bring her mom back. Um, it's just, I, I love it. Yeah. I, I wish I can't wait for you to get issue three. It just keeps getting better. And that's the thing, like the, the whole, uh, DC and Marvel showing up on two different days thing yes. at shops mm-hmm. really throws me off it, because yeah. like there's days I really want something specific Marvel. And I've, I actually, you know, not plugging the podcast, Ron, but like my pull list has gotten a lot thicker because I'll go ahead and commit. Cause for the longest time I wasn't actually running a pull list because I was getting books from multiple shops. Yeah. And you try to, you, yeah. Especially during the, the COVID thing, you try to keep everybody in business and the other two shut down. Um, oh man. <laughs> um, eventually they did. And, uh, but like, so my pull list is pretty chunky, but still like, you know, I'll put something on there and then forget, or I'll like buy one issue and this like buy issue two. I wasn't sure if I was going to keep it on my polls, but I really wish I had. Right. Yeah. This one's great. And this, by the way, Hector is the only comic book. We talked about this off, I think off, uh, recording about, you know, buying, giving, buying stuff to give away. I'm actually buying this duplicate duplicates of this. And I have a friend, the guy who helped design Harley Quinn, uh, face for me who loves yeah. wrestling. I'm buying this for him. So I that's get an awesome. issue for me and I get an issue for him. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yes. So my last regular book, it's instead of my new number one is, um, a book I was super psyched about. And, uh, so much so that I sent Hector a copy, had to give him one. Um, it is, it is, Fantastic Four Full Circle. So this is a hardback right now, and I think um, the one, I think it's about twenty five bucks. Um, I got the one in three thousand uh, preview dust cover um, limited edition, just because I'm a Fantastic Four fiend. But this is a a long story that is drawn and written by Alex Ross in a Kirby esque style. And it literally takes two or three aspects of like issue, I think issue 41 of the Fantastic Four and another later issue of Fantastic Four and completes a story that 
I mean, it was complete when it was told, but there's definitely, when you go back and reread the old issue, there was a, there was room for more story to be told. And that's what it does. It completes a story, um, that was originally started by Kirby and Stan Lee. So the cool thing that I like about this, of course, Alex Ross has always painted everything. And this is a completely different art style. He did a completely different style of art. So it's not painting. Um, I read up on it. I can't remember what it is, but the book is, uh, parts of the book are really psychedelic, funky. Um, it's old school comic book. So it doesn't, I mean, like the thing is saying like terms that you would use in the seventies or late sixties. So it's, it's, um, you know, like, Hey, torch head, you know, your Evan love ever loving blue eyed thing. And, um, the fact he was making a Dagwood. Yes, I loved that. And I'm like, nobody's going to know what that is. I mean, who knows what a Dagwood is? So you guys listening probably don't know what a Dagwood is. It's a humongous sandwich that was made famous by a cartoon in the, in the uh, Saturday or Sunday paper called Blondie. And her husband's name was Dagwood, and he would make a sandwich that was humongous. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, it's beautiful. It's even if you don't follow the story, because the story, if you're not a deep, um, if you're not a real diehard Fantastic Four f- fan, you might you won't know who these characters are. The story is complete, but as as a fan of the Fantastic Four, it's amazing. But it's worth it um, just to look at because I I think it's beautiful and it doesn't look like your typical Alex Ross because I know a lot of people get Alex Ross fatigue. I mean, he's doing covers for like everything and. Um, uh, but yeah, there you go. That was my main ones. There's so many more that I, I could choose from, but, ah, those are my main ones. The ones I thought were newsworthy. I had, I had a few, Hector? I had a few that definitely didn't make the newsworthy, but were still really good. There wasn't, I know um, me too. I've been also heavily, uh, reading and I, I think I mentioned this on the last pull is, but I've been heavily reading spy family, the manga. And, okay. Um, yeah. I've got to watch the. I've got to watch the show now. Uh, wa- watch the show, but watch it. I, personal recommendation: watch it, watch it in Japanese with subtitles. I know um, because the voice actors on that for the Japanese are like <laughs> I haven't even heard. I've not even Extremely heard. Extremely emotional, huh? I've not heard the English, and I'm sure they're great. I've been at shows with the English people, but like I've never heard their work. But gotcha. um, like that's a mo- great. It's a great premise. I mean, it's oh, fantastic dude. premise. Like, and that's the thing. Like, where if you watch the show to where the show currently is like it's crazy enough they hadn't got to the dog yet once they introduced the dog and the books and like the whole the dog can see the future thing that's just like even better okay so um, now here's the deal there it there was um i guess last year year before last netflix put out a cartoon and i can't remember what the heck the name of it is but this kid finds these and it's so funny and so neat finds these like little rocks or stone and you they're like stones and each stone gives each person that gets one a superpower and it's really funny and one of the and the dog gets one around his neck in the same thing he can see the future but he has no way of telling anybody what he's seeing so he has to act on his own and try to get people to do what he wants them to do because he knows the future and just that about the baby being able to understand what the dog is but not really understanding yeah that's i love that oh, that's awesome I can't uh, remember the name of that sucker, but it was no. It was good. That totally sounds interesting, but no, I don't remember it either. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
All right, so uh, let's go through the the pile. Uh, first off, I'm going to hit uh, Sword of Azrael number two. Um, still sticking with this. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a sucker for uh, like biblical Azrael, like when he's like uh, about some God stuff and not just uh, trying to be Batman. But uh, like, and there's a lot of good stuff in there where they're saying uh, what they were doing was twisting the truth of God and they're manipulating it and stuff like that. So I appreciate stuff like that because, you know, a lot of times he's just labeled as, you know, the psychopathic religious person, but this one, and they're doing a lot of distinction of no, the, here's what the gospel says. Uh, this is wrong. And there's parts where uh, the Asriel programming that they put into him, because like they've made this more of a uh, Assassin's Creed type thing. Um, that the persona of Azrael is programmed programmed into him subconsciously. Got you. Okay. And uh, which is a, a deeper take on it than we've seen before in some areas. Um, but he's come across another girl who's also had the same programming. Was she um, the same girl from issue one? Yeah. Okay. Um, so that girl, like he's still trying to save her and uh, vengeance is still trying to take her down. Vengeance. And, um, but I think, I think it, 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 I think it was the first panel of episode or of issue two. She's like, first of all, my father forgives you for breaking his back. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I mean, yeah, I, I got issue one and I, I have issue two. I just haven't read it. Yeah. But, and that was the thing. She's like, my father forgives you for breaking his back. And it's just, um, it just plays out, but uh, getting to have a, kind of a knockdown drag out between vengeance and Azrael is great, but also they delve deeper into uh, some of these new characters they've introduced. But um, I just, I'm enjoying the the conflict, the, the layers of the mind. And one of the, fa- my favorite things is uh, when Azrael, when Jean-Paul Valley is delving into the Azrael persona, just within his mind, uh, he kind of portals in there at some point. Um, and when he portals into there, he portals in through a biblically angel or biblically accurate angel. Oh, like with really? all the wings and eyes like the, and everything yeah, else. Like the bizarre thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so like, not the little I, thing on the top of the Christmas tree, the little precious moments, Christmas no, tree topper, like biblical angels. Yeah. And like, uh, like I know that there's going to be some Batman people reading this. Like, what is that? I'm like, <laughs> that's what, that's what an angel that's, looks like. Biblically. Um, look it up, man. <laughs> yeah. Look that up. Um, so overall it's, if you like Azrael and if you like, uh, vengeance, which if you're not aware is lady Bane that came from, uh, the Joker miniseries, um, genetically engineered, genetically engineered clone daughter of Bane Bane. that he is now accepted and commissioned into the world. Who's now working for the Knights of Templar. Cool. Um, so (laughs) that's uh, a lot, man. That's a lot. Uh, so there's that. Um, I am staying on this book and I will probably be on this till it's over, but, uh, poison Ivy. Oh, um, it's, it's going to be, it only has like one issue left. I think. Yeah, I know it's coming close, man. Um, uh, is that, which DC book were you saying was the one that you wanted to do? Well, that? actually th- I forgot that you had poison Ivy. I, I liked that. That's poison. Ivy has been my favorite DC thing going right now. Yeah, dude. It I is mean, the best villain comic book. I mean, the Joker book was great, but that wasn't a villain. It wasn't about the Joker. That was a Jim a, Gordon book. This is a legit villain book. And um, like, and you see Ivy's like 
struggle am i a villain not a villain type situation but like she literally wants to decimate the world and she's going about it pretty well <laughs> and um like i honestly hope that we're gonna be able to bounce back from this i knew um, that i knew amazon would be the end of everything and so not, you know not what the, <laughs> she goes um, and works it and she goes and works that, at the that's why you can't get two-day prime shipping right now um because <laughs> of poison ivy worse. Uh, so there's not a major spoiler or anything, but part of the plot line is because she's trying to spread these spores around the world that will destroy the world in a timely manner. She goes to work at Amazon and they don't as call a it Amazon, they, they don't call, call it something else, but you know, it's what it is. So she goes to work at Amazon and she's just implant, implanting, implanting the spores into every piece of tape on the boxes. And nice. it's just like, and, um, like, uh, there was just like one panel then there uh uh that like literally just it was such a simple phrase but it was beautiful and it's like on my instagram and everything but it's just like it just said i love you and i want to come home to you and like mm. just reading that i'm like that's like a nice little water drop on my soul i'm like i feel that um and i think the, the last two issues they've really done a lot trying to like she's been touched by the by humanity the goodness in humanity, because that's the thing when at the end of that stupid joke, not Joker war, what the heck was it? Fear state when they had, they had, you know, separated poison Ivy as two different characters, right? They reintegrated her and she lost her connection to the green. And this time she's like, I'm out to destroy humanity. But the last two time, last two issues, like where they do like the lady working out outside with the lady. Yeah. Fixing up the garden. And she got lost spending the whole day just doing yard work and was happy. Yeah. Yeah. And then this time, you know, she's like, Oh, I can't, I got to make sure I can infect her. You know, it was having a human touch. Um, I, I think that's, that's where the, that's where the, and then the villain, I don't know who the guy, who the, the green man. Yeah. He's like a knockoff evil swamp thing. You think so? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think gotcha. that's something we've covered before, but I could be wrong. Really, um, I don't know who that is. I I think he's. Uh, that's exactly the best description. Is gotcha knockoff evil swamp thing. Um, but this is one of those books. I won't say it's as good as the Harleen book, um, in some capacities. But I feel like the Harleen book. This is one I'll go back and buy in hardback, just to be able to like yeah. pull out and flip and read through and everything like that. Um, it's definitely one of the better things out right now. Oh, this would be 100%. my top 10 of the year. Easy. Probably easy would be as probably. it's going. And as the way the year has gone, absolutely. Like, yeah. It'll be, <laughs> it's it'll be a, there for me. It's been slim pickings. It's been slim pickings. And um, just to echo you. And I know this isn't your fantastic four. Like, yes, uh, it is. <laughs> it first, it first appeared in like 347, 348 or whatever issue. Yeah. But the Fantastic Four proper is in the book this time, though. So, um, so that's good. But uh, uh, continuing on the thing from a couple years ago, where Las Vegas was an annex of hell, and Doctor Strange was with there with all that. Uh, there's some demonic entities stuff going on around with a priest that can grant wishes, and this Fantastic Four team of uh, Spider-Man, uh, Mister Fix-It, uh, Ghost Rider, and Wolverine fighting some a demonic Danny DeVito in the middle of Las Vegas. It is and a demonic Danny DeVito. hundred percent. He looks like Danny DeVito. Absolutely. Um, 
And uh, and as the thing is, we've said so many times in the pull list, um, it's Mephisto. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, are you Satan? No. <laughs> I mean, because that was always the thing, right? They make Mephisto and they're like, oh, it's not really Satan. We don't yeah. want to get everybody riled up. And so, and that was just one of the panels. And I, again, I put it on my Instagram, but like, uh, that, uh, he's like, is, is this not Satan? No, it's, it's Mephisto. He's the Lord of hell. He's like, yeah, not Satan. Yeah. How and many hells like, are there? 13. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and it's just, it's just bananas and it's fun. Like, uh, Chris will often say, oh, I just needed a fun read or what. This is that. Um, I hope that the um, priest, we get to see more of him after this is over. I hope they don't strip his powers away um, yeah. because I really like his character. And it's and, good. Well, it's, you know, it's a new, it's a, it's not a, it's not like a kid, a teenager who gets his powers and grows into those powers. It's like a, an, a grown man all of a sudden realizes, oh my gosh, I have powers. Um, and I don't know how to use them. I don't know what I'm doing, but he's wants to do it for good. He's definitely, I mean, and, um, his origin is a little bit, uh, we'll let that go at that. But a thing about it is, is that, you know, that was you, the creepiest part of book one. You choose to be good, you know, like Hellboy yeah. chooses to be good. So, yeah. But I've, I've had fun with that overall. And then, uh, I'll, for my last standard one, um, it was between this or Batman, uh, and uh, I'm running with this just because. Uh, well, it's a Marvel I've book because I see uh, Punisher yeah. or I, I see the Black, Black Panther. Panther on the back. Um, it was this or Batman, and I was loving the Batman stuff oh, just because yes. it was heavy with Zuran R. Yeah, uh, R. And that's my jam. I love Batman of Zuran R. Um, there's literally a baseball bat uh, beside my front door that has Zuran R carved into it. <laughs> Lisa doesn't have barbed wire around it and says Lucille. We're okay. Yeah. No, that's uh, no that that's my bat of choice. But uh, there's a zero and R bat my thing. But uh, this is I've been reading this Punisher series uh, since the gate uh, because somebody recommended it. But uh, this is the counterpart to what you were saying that um, yes. Frank Castle is running the hand and um, part of the plot line is that uh, they were manipulating the Punisher into running the hand because they could bring his wife and kids back. And uh, found out recently you can't take them out of the hand compound or they die. And that, yeah. And that every time they try to resurrect his kids, it's a horrible outcome. It's just terrible. Terrible. And um, it's terrible. Yeah. But uh, this whole issue is just Aries uh, pontificating on his deity level and smacking the snot out of Frank Castle. And um, it's, it's just. If you want to see the Punisher get batted around like a Spider-Man bank robber, um, it's about where it's at. And also getting to see the Punisher kind of hold his own every now and again with the God of War. Um, But uh, it's just now. And this is also the dialogue in it. Uh, If you are super sensitive to uh, spiritual parallels and stuff, uh, you're going to be offended slash annoyed at this because... uh, Aries makes a lot of uh, father son yes. uh, de- deity offspring situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I noticed that too. Them. I was like, oh, that's that's really tiptoeing there. It is tiptoeing. You've got Aries making some Jesus references uh, into being like the son of the a uh, son of a god and stuff like that. Um, it's just fun. 
uh, if you like the Punisher and that kind of carnage is your deal. But uh, the books line up because at the end of uh, Daredevil, your, he at the end of Punisher. Yeah, at, yeah. Punisher finds out, or Daredevil finds out that Frank is doing this at the end of Daredevil. Correct. At the end of this, uh, Daredevil shows up to confront him, and that's yeah. like the cliffhanger. With the only it, so. the only problem with that whole deal is that the Punisher book came out a week ago and Daredevil came out this week. I mean, yeah. line the books up. But um they've been they've been off on the publishing of Punisher and stuff for a minute anyway. Well, um, uh yeah, and the whole entire DC Dark Crisis thing has jacked everything up too because the books don't make any sense if you read certain books, right? Cuz but I wanted to say about that Punisher book, something that I liked is whenever they do a flashback in the Punisher, the artist, it changes. The art style yeah. changes completely. And I really, I really enjoy it out of this being, we've, we're getting some real Frank Castle history. I mean, that is new to me. Um, I've never seen teenage Frank Castle and how his children actually were like brought into the world and how their marriage started yeah, and stuff like I that. I feel so sorry for Frank with the kids and the creepy the hand is, I mean, we're going to, you know, it's coming to a showdown, the hand and the fist and the foot or who, uh, no, that's out of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I can't remember, whoever, you know, all these, all these super, all these heroes running all these villainous clans. I, I don't know. I'm just, it's going to happen. Well, well, dude, like I, I was, that was my favorite part of the story up until a point was when Frank finally turned on the hand yes. and like, and chopped like hand commander in half or whatever. But then she just like squished right back together. Like, what? Like, that was creepy. I was like, oh. it, it, I was like, well, dang it. There goes that story resolution. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's, it, it was a mess, but it was good. So uh, those, those are my good pulls. Uh, and I'll say, I like at one point I also picked up a, uh, I am Batman, whatever the current one, just because it had featured her name on Toya. And I love the question. And uh, there's a few others that were just kind of like, oh, I'll check you out. But um, yeah, that's the big things. Uh, yeah. Those are my faves. You are listening to the Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. Hey, everyone. I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180. LTN radio. So Jindy Tartofsky, or however I'm butchering his name, is one of my favorite creators of all time. From stuff like Powerpuff Girls, Samurai Jack, even the Clone Wars shorts before the Clone Wars series, this dude has shaped animation and storytelling for a very long time. And uh, I saw that Chris Evans tweeted about a show called Primal on HBO Max and you know I saw that it was Jindy Tartoski's uh, artwork in style and so I didn't have any other information other than that and I sat down and clicked play and it's a visceral gritty but beautiful and meaningful show about a caveman who lost his family and a dinosaur that lost his family and how they team up, become friends and learn to mourn, grow and live together. 
okay cool good premise <laughs> um it has very strong samurai jack vibes of the pacing and the tone and the way the stories are told but one of the the neat things is that it's almost completely non-verbal dealing the fact that we're dealing with a caveman and a dinosaur you can expect that and there aren't really a lot of words used in the show at all and yet it's a masterpiece of storytelling like i've gotten emotional i was really tense at times i laughed my head off a few times yet not a single word was spoken and it's a reminder to me that sometimes we use a lot of words but sometimes just a good display of action is all you really need first john 3:18 says dear children let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth there are so many people so many churches so many christians telling other people how much they love them and how they have peace and how their life has changed and stuff like that when in reality putting those things in action is just as an important and powerful display as talking a lot about it you don't always have to use words remember to catch faith and fandom 180 every wednesday morning on the back row morning show only on ltn radio and if you'd like to learn more about faith and fandom head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our comic-con ministry podcasts memes apparel and book series you can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book i'm hector mirai and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me You are listening to The Pull List Podcast with Chris Poirier and Hector Mira. So, uh, uh, what was your uh, other book you wanted to highlight for? My new number one, um, I got Midnight Suns issue one. Uh, I, I just picked it up. I went through and looked and I said, well, that looks fun. You know, so apparently I didn't know this until today because your phone and your computers are listening to everything that you're talking about or reading. Um, uh a thing on my YouTube popped up for a midnight suns video game coming out. Yes. It was supposed to be October 7th. Now it's December 7th. Well, or something. So I figured, Oh, of course they're going to do a midnight suns comic book in order to promo the video game because we, you know, we always like that. I was surprised at how well I liked this book. I honestly just went into it thinking, eh, I mean, first of all, why is Wolverine on it? I mean, what does that it's there to sell books, right? But what does he have to do with the Midnight Suns? I, I then watched the trailer for the video game, and he's in it, and Captain America's in it, and Iron Man are all these playable characters in this video game. Um, but the cool thing about this is, and I know, I hope Chris picked this up, because he needs to pick it up, because it starts at the Strange Academy. So it literally is like a Strange Academy tie-in. Um, of course, we know at the end of the last series, Strange Academy, they all took off. Um, and but we know that there a new series is starting back up. I can't remember what it's called, like Strange Academy Finals or who knows. But season two, Strange Academy. But in this issue, it follows one of the students from Strange Academy who is being turned, has to embrace her darkness to help destroy the world. And her teachers. So Brother Voodoo, Magic, Agatha Harkness, Nico, um, all uh, come into this to help fight this because this girl doesn't want to be bad. Um, and in the midst of all that, 
the ghost rider that isn't ghost rider that's called the spirit rider who's like a a female american indian i had no clue who she is she just popped up originally maybe about a year and a half ago and she hasn't had a lot of appearances but i picked up her first appearance just on happenstance well the characterization looks great um she's in it as well and magic goes and gets wolverine because something is happening. So she goes and gets him and he's like, I hate magic. You know, it's so funny. Um, and uh, at the end of it, when there's actually what happens during the, during the book, other magical people who are attuned to magic feel something happening, which is why the spirit rider shows up. And of course, Dr. Doom goes, this is unacceptable. So uh, Doom shows up at the end and that's where they leave off. But it it's really good. I mean, Blade, um, uh, the art is is well done. I I like the story. I like the uh, the connection with the students in the class. Of course, I love Strange Academy. I thought it was so great. Scotty Young did such a good job with that book. And um, it feels like because I miss it, it feels like this is like oh that's so nice. Um, it'll be fun. So yeah. It's, uh, Luckily for me, a swamp thing ended last week, so now I can add Midnight Suns to my list. <laughs> so, because I, I I forgot to say this because we did mention some D twenty three and everything with that. Um, as a Fantastic Four person, how have you felt about the casting rumors for Doom? Like, Who I saw a Doom? Screen- I just saw casting rumors for uh, Sue and Reed are the only okay. ones. So who's so Doom? There- there's a I'm an old leaked, guy. Odds are I don't not, even know who this person is. Uh no, oh the, you do, sir. Okay, well, you who do. is it? Well, get, quit, Hector, you're killing me. The suspense <laughs> is killing me. If the if the rumors are true, uh Henry Cavill is doomed. It seems I it seems okay. All right. I get I would like Henry Cavill. <laughs> Honestly, I think uh, I think he would be great. But it seems if they're going to go with such a young cast that he would be too old for Doom. I mean, because Doom and Reed, they're neck and neck. They're they're the they're the antithesis of one another. Yeah, but I mean, who have you seen for Reed? Some dude from Gossip Girl. Uh, I still from what uh, the again, I saw a panel and i'm not saying it's reality i mean because everybody's making fake stuff um what i saw for um and it could have been photoshop again i'm not saying this but it did have henry cavill as doom uh was krasinski still for reed i couldn't no 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 he'll never be reed richards Uh, but uh they also but it was not, not his they wife turned for into fantastic four spaghetti that was terrible it was the well, worst that, oh well maybe that was just a sucky multiverse read maybe he'd be better in another universe who knows um Black Bolt but i up his head that was dumb too I don't get I'm, I'm gonna go off on the dr strange movie because we get through this <laughs> Uh, don't get me st- okay i'm just gonna stop keep going stop okay I'm, 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 I'm gonna rattle them out so the other two that i saw and this again not mm-hmm. saying this is credible but it was i saw it frequently is that um uh seth rogan for thing and john boyega for human torch 
No. 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 <laughs> Honestly, I think they'd be better off just going with some new, I mean, I don't know. Not yeah, they did that with the last one. How did it turn out? <laughs> Do you know what, though? I went back and watched that, um, and it it was okay. <laughs> did you know that's the only one out of all of those movies that Stan, they would not let Stan make a cameo in? Oh, that's sad. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was they wouldn't Trank, allow wasn't to. it? Was it jo- Josh Trank? Was that the guy who did that or whatever? Yeah. I can't remember. It was, I don't know. Uh, my, I still say the best Fantastic Four movie ever movie ever made is The Incredibles. So, I mean, yes, a hundred percent. So yeah, and the Sue is supposedly the girl from Free Guy. Yeah, I, I think I've seen some stuff too. But the one thing I've seen, I haven't seen the rest of the four casting much, mm-hmm. but like IGN and gotcha. some other big names yeah. have reported Cavill. Okay. Um, I know. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. But who knows? I, I mean, uh, I, I'm so leery. I don't even want. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm so <laughs> bummed out. I I really want it to be good. Marvel's first family. Um, oh, well. Marvel's first family gets the least respect of all of their properties. Um, well, for there's good reason. I mean, really good reason. I mean, Galactus is a cloud. Excuse me. That was just horrible. And you've got Galactus Doug the cloud Jones. Is right up you got Doug Jones doing the the body work for the Silver Surfer, but then you give him Lawrence Fishburne's voice. I mean, just have him do the voice. He did great as Abe Sapien. Why do I mean? Anyway, sorry that we went way off from my number <laughs> one okay. straight into my delve into the Fantastic Four. Oh, well. I'm sorry, okay. Hector. What was your no. new number one? I know what it was. Yep. So my new number one was uh, Batman versus Robin number one, and uh, I f- uh, first of all I'll say this: this direction for the storyline feels weird to pop into Batman versus Robin so quickly. I know that they they just kind of made amends with some of the Robin book and in the Detectives books. They just got literally maybe a month and a half ago there was a book of him coming back to reconnect with Bruce. And now after all the death stroke uh yeah. the thing with the Razal Ghoul being shot and all that does like they're back at it but this is literally so 80% of this book is Damien attacking Bruce in right. the cave mm-hmm. and then finding out that um there's some dark magic afoot now if you've watched and I don't I don't think it's your your cup of tea per se um but uh the how the the haunting of hill house no Mm-mm. on netflix um uh as far as like not graphic horror like just suspense scary yeah. mm-hmm. um the haunting of hill house is kind of a masterpiece especially for netflix gotcha um so uh there's a character in that show called the hanging lady oh no 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 uh really like zatania uh, Zatanna is a hundred percent taken from that directly. Oh, wow. Are we allowed to spoil this? I mean, it's a plate. I'm spoiling. I'm spoiling. Sorry. Uh, well, that, I don't, Good, we didn't say anything. That's there. not the thing I want to talk about in this. Oh, book. no, I'm going to talk about the other thing. Uh, <laughs> that's coming. Okay. Uh, 
there will be spoilers. <laughs> yes. But wait, and I listen, I don't even want it to be spoilers. I want it to be the title of the episode. Um, so <laughs> so Matt, we'll talk. Um, but no, so you see like Zatanna if you've seen the Haunting of Hill House, uh Zatanna is fashioned as the hanging woman from Haunting of Hill House with a broken neck just hanging there screaming. Um, so there's this like but uh yeah, I mean it's it literally I turned the page and I had jump scare like PTSD from the haunting of Hill house because oh, wow. literally it looks just like that I minus didn't... the, the aura. Um, I have a question before you talk more about it. Did you read world's finest? Have you read world's finest? No. Okay. The one with um Superman with a Robin sidekick. No, no, that was the, that was like a uh, dark crisis. Superman. No, Mark. That Wade, one I read Mark Wade has been doing world's finest. He's like on issue six now or whatever. Yes. I've not read that. Okay. The guy in the very back was, is who the villain has been in. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, well, and I've seen him and stuff. Like I recognized him and mother. Yeah, Soul, Because they pulled him into, didn't they pull him into this whole death stroke thing? What the heck was that called? When the death of Ra's al Ghul, it was something called something. I don't remember. It ended up being, the dude from Arcadia. shadow war shadow war. Thank you. Everything's got yep. a, a war or a shadow or a yep. fear a state or something. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, but it also played heavily into the Robin books too. Gotcha. Um, but anyway, so this is the spoiler part. Yes. Before we get into this. Um, so, <laughs> but honestly, if you would have read this, this is two weeks old by the time just watch and listen. It's okay. Yes. Um, so spoiler here we go. Um, like I haven't been doing it already. I didn't know the rules. That, who knows rules? Um, are you up to date with Star Wars movies? Yeah, I haven't watched any okay. of the cartoons, but I have every movie and every okay. show. So uh, one of the things that is considered one of the laziest parts of the Star Wars sequels is the line stating that Palpatine returned. It was a Poe line. And um, in episode nine and here's the whole line and they never give you any more dialogue somehow palpatine returned that was it the whole explanation that was it the whole explanation okay and so so this issue is a palpatine situation because somehow alfred returned that's right the butler's back and we don't mean tim curry so out of nowhere, in the middle of all the chaos that's going on and everything else, um, Bruce opens the door and Alfred's there in physical intactness, um, coming to warn him that Bane has captured uh, Damien. Yes. Right out of Tom King's run. Yeah. City of Bane. City of Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Alfred walks into the situation and they do the thing where he checked all of his memories. Like he knew only stuff that only Alfred would know everything lined up that somehow Alfred has returned and he's in the kitchen with Bruce and like, and they're trying to sort this out, but like, so that it's like Alfred's basically time lapsed from point A to point B. Uh, if it's Alfred, whatever else, but because this book is so heavily magic right. themed, that it's totally plausible they could have magicked Alfred back. If they magicked Alfred back, shame on you. <laughs> shame on Listen, you. Listen, I told you, I mentioned this back when they did the whole entire uh, 
infinite frontier when they said, oh, we've got all these infinites that, and they started talking about people who had died and come back. And I was like, listen, they're going to bring Alfred back. And and I think, I think you might even have said, oh, I no, they're not. And I'm I, I, yes, I agree with you. That reasoning is terrible. However, I, have you been reading Batman Fortress? No, it is. Alfred is in that book. So it takes place before Alfred's death. And there's just something about Batman with Alfred. It is com- that book is so good. And we miss Alfred. And like, I oh, even, absolutely. Like um, in the last Batman that you talked to, you said you might, you were thought about doing Batman, but instead you did Punisher. Like the care, one of the, the fail safe is destroying these paintings and everything. And, and uh, he gets ready to get the Alfred, I guess. And he says, nobody messes with Alfred or whatever. Um, but I just think it's funny that that they bring back Alfred, but not his mom and dad. I mean, why? What's why do we choose Alfred? You know, because no no Batman reader cares about Thomas and Martha. It's true. Outside of Flashpoint, that's true. Um, Al- Alfred has raised us as much as he's raised Bruce, a hundred percent. Because Alfred has been that consistent father figure my whole life. Um, Mm -hmm. and being the one that, cause if Batman's your hero and he's the one that guides your hero, he's that guy. Um, and his loss, I felt like his loss was a bad loss for where it was, but it also really drove the Nightwing story in a good way. Um, but so as that plays out, you get Alfred back, but as Bruce goes into the cave, Damien's there with a couple of hooligans, one of them, which is the kid from kingdom come. Which is fun. Which Tim Hunter or Akeem? Akeem. Akeem is that's Johnny Thunder. So that's you know yeah. I think if you watch Star Girl, yeah, the guy with the ink pen, yeah, the ink pen, but lets the genie out. And but he like you see that character or a version of that character in Kingdom Come as well. Oh, do you? I, um, I have to go back and reread that. That's another good one. Oh, that's a great one. Um, but uh, you've got uh two kids in the Batcave fighting Bruce and Damien doesn't realize that Alfred's back. And then when he does, he thinks it's a trick and he tries to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) And like, here's the thing. I don't buy that at all because I think seeing a plausibly viable Alfred in front of Damien, I think that would have stopped him in his tracks. Yeah. Especially after just losing his grandfather or losing his grandfather. I'm going to, I'm going to have to go back and, and reread it. I missed that part. It's just so much happened in that, in that, and I wasn't very familiar with the other kid. Um, yeah. He's from the book of magic, I guess is a, uh, but I'm, I never read that. Um, but it could, it could also be due to the fact that definitely Damien is under some influence by the guy yeah. at, the, at the back. So at the end, so. But Damien turns a corner and he's like, Oh, you think this would get to me? Not nice try. And he pulls some knives and he goes to like, Oh yes. I remember like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's just like, I'm just like, this is the book you bring Alfred back in. This is how you do this. And, uh, what is, what even book is that? Oh yeah. Batman versus Robin. Number one. Like, yes. like mm-hmm. Mark, I'm like, that's the book. That's the book you do this in. Okay. Um, but yeah, so somehow Alfred returned if that's the title, but that's that Poe Dameron. I'm going to go, f- I'm going to find the meme of somehow Palpatine <laughs> returns back. Get you some Oolong tea and we'll be all right. I'm a, I'm a cross out, uh, 
cross out uh, Palpatine and write in Alfred and just. Did you catch all the things the thing. at the feet of the guy and the back page? No. Yeah. I didn't. Yeah. You got to go back and look. So yeah, Damien goes back and um, uh, is that his grandmother with her, with him? Oh, there went Black Adam. There went Black Adam. Was that his gra- uh, grandmother? Yes. Yeah. From the, I quit reading the, the Robin mini when they were on Lazarus Island, but. Yeah, so the the final uh, page when he goes in to see the main villain, um, who was who Mark Wade brought, it's got a bunch of stuff yeah. thrown at his feet. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, that can't be real. But then, yeah, but oh, the thing is, it says next the House of Secrets, so we also I know. get. I know. Some I'm loving this. So it's vibe. really gonna be. Yeah, it's really gonna be some magic stuff out there, which. Not a big, I don't know, because that way they can do whatever they want. And I'm like you, I got a feeling Alfred's not back. Yeah. I got a feeling well, he's and, not back. And even if he is back, this is a really crappy way to bring him back. But like, I think we should just miss Alfred. We don't need him back. Oh, yeah, um, we do. Yeah, we do. I disagree <laughs> completely, Hector. I love you, which is why we can disagree. And uh, I miss Alfred. I like Batman with Alfred. Um, the I don't know, but you're, you're more of a Batman guy than I am. So we should take your uh, take on Batman. As, oh no, don't. As, yours, yours is just as valid. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I miss, I guess. Yeah. That's what I'll just say. I miss Batman without, without Alfred. Ba- Balfred. Instead of Batfleck, it's Balfred. You, you miss Balfred. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I think that does it for us on this episode of the Pull List podcast. Now that we've officially canonized Balfred, um, uh, but uh, we don't do this uh, uh, journey of epic podcasting alone. Uh, there are lots of other cool podcasts on the Love Thy Nerd Network, and uh, if you want to look us up there, please do that. But also check out some other podcasts, find some new things to watch and enjoy. If you want to get a part of the discussion, you can head over to the Discord server and talk to other people, and um, like Chris, maybe Todd. Sometimes I've been on Facebook more lately. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you can find some, there's a lot of people that are also passionate about comics over on our discord server, the love that in her community, you'll find some good conversation there as well. But, uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, uh, make sure you rate review, subscribe, do all the things we are on YouTube now, 700 stars, 700 stars. Yes. Um, and it's like, how many cups of soup does it take to get to the moon? Um, Goofy movie. Um, three licks to or the how many cups of sugar it. does it take? Three licks to, to get to the, to the center of a Tootsie Roll Pop. That's it. Um, but uh, make sure you subscribe, like, do all the things. Go to YouTube, watch our smiling faces as we uh, do this. Make sure you download episodes, do all the things. And uh, But uh, we, we appreciate being your source for uh, comics discussion and analysis and enjoyment. Uh, I, it's been a really cool thing over the past few years, going to cons and seeing people pop up to say, hey, really like the podcast. And it's just like, huh. Okay, that's great because uh, it surprises me sometimes just how much people actually listen to it beyond our knowledge. But uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, I want to say thanks, especially for Todd for jumping here today. Woo-hoo. Todd, Todd did not, uh, you know, start his whole day out thinking, you know, hey, we're doing a whole pool list today. We were <laughs> we we're just going to talk about identity crisis, and then it's just like psych. <laughs> Let's do cool. this part. I love it. Uh, 
and it was great. And I, I really, I miss talking to you as well. So it was, uh, ditto. it was a good ditto. And we will have to talk about identity crisis soon. Cause we got to finish that off. And you know, by the way, that was my first graded book. I got, uh, I saw, um, identity crisis. Number seven was my first graded book. And, uh, so that's cool. Um, but, uh, thanks again for listening and remember kids read, read more, more comics. comics.